Well, we are now at the end of the Christmas season, finishing today with Epiphany. It's one of those days on the church calendar that for many people is filled with mystery. And who are these three magi? Scholars tell us that they're Zoroastrian seers. So they would have been outcasts from the Jewish population just as the shepherds. But they go through the desert night after night, day after day, through the cold and the burning sun because they are following a star that they've seen in the sky. And because of who they are, astrologers, sages, that star has special meaning to them. Finally, on the horizon, they see what looks to be like a royal palace. So they've decided that if they're following the star and looking for a king, he would naturally be residing in that building. Imagine their dismay when they come across Herod, who they know about by reputation because he is known as an evil, cunning, cruel leader. He killed his own wife. He murdered his children, his mother, his grandfather. So when Matthew writes that all Jerusalem was frightened along with Herod, they weren't frightened with Herod. They were frightened of Herod because they certainly knew what he was capable of. So when he hears about this new king, he stomps around through the palace, screaming at the top of his lungs, just who is this person? I am the king. I am in charge, not him. And all of the people cower because they know, as I said, what he's capable of. But then he decides that he will kill them with kindness, these three sages. Come in, we can hear him say. Have a drink, something to eat, refresh your camels. He claps his hands so that his slaves come forward, bidding to do his work. But Herod has a plan as all despots do. What he's going to do is he's going to get the men inebriated and then find out what, where they are going and what they are doing. Why are they here is what he keeps going over and over in his mind. So the, the sages are more than happy to partake of Herod's hospitality. And they go off and see the child. Now that's the other part we are not sure of. How old was Jesus when the Magi got to the cradle? 
We like to believe that everybody came together on that evening in Christmas, but then there are others who say that Jesus was at least two by the time they made their way to the stable. So really, Jesus and his family would have been back in their hometown. But those are details that really don't have much to do with the story. They're interesting, and we want to know as much as we possibly can about Jesus, don't we? The other interesting thing is, through folklore, we have decided to name the kings. We don't name the shepherds. There isn't a Frank or a Sal or any of those. It's just the shepherds. But the kings, we call Melchior and I can't remember, Gaspiar and... Thank you. I knew I would get help. But there's still an air of mystery with the Magi. And that's what makes them so fascinating. I think that is why we've set aside a particular day for them. Because Jesus' birth doesn't just appeal to the poor. It also appeals to the rich. People who are outcasts, like the Magi and the shepherds, they all have a part to play in the life of Jesus, just as we do. But then there are gaps in the life of Jesus. The Magi leave, and we don't know anything about him until he's 12 and he's in the temple. And then he sasses his parents, and then we don't hear about him again until he's baptized in the River Jordan by John the Baptist. But God continues to speak through him. When he's 12 and he admonishes Mary and Joseph, where would I be but in my father's house? God is with him. When he's in the River Jordan and John pours that water over his head and the dove descends, and there's a voice that says, this is my son. And the mountain of the transfiguration, it tells the three disciples, listen to him, pay attention to him. And again, we are filling in the gaps of Jesus' life and what we don't know, we like to make up, not in a bad way, but because we're so eager to know who he was and why he came to earth other than to save us. So the Magi leave, and Paula Goodard writes in her book, The Story of Christmas, what happens to them? What changes are present in their personalities? How has coming close to God made them different people. And that, again, is a mystery for us to suss out, figure out. 
Martin Percy again goes further in his book, The Advent Manifesto, and says that it's a new year, a new dawn, and a new way to encounter Jesus. Those magi give us a window into how we, too, can encounter Jesus. It doesn't have to be huge. It can be small. It can be the little things in life that make us feel like we have come close to the holy. The baby in the manger. How much sweeter could that be? The boy that we all know is like boys we know or boys we were. We are not the same when we encounter Jesus, whether through reading of scripture or reading what a scholar says or having a conversation with a friend. Those are the most exciting parts of being a follower of Christ because we want to know more. We want to be more and do more because nothing is the same after we come in contact with Jesus. T.S. Eliot writes in The Journey of the Magi that once they return home, they are on, at unease with the world because they have seen what is really happening. That someone, Herod, is trying to keep the people under his control. But there are people who want to know more. The shepherds, the angels, the magi. And then there is us, the disciples of Christ. The people who follow because we can't not follow. In 2024, at the beginning of every year, most of us make resolutions. Not all of us, but most of us. We know what they are. Lose those 10 pounds. Save more money. Go to church more often. Be nice. Social media is filled with live kindly and live for the other. And when you follow Jesus, you can't help but want to live kindly and help the other. There are no strangers in a world where Jesus is our leader. So what will 2024 bring for you? What will it bring for our church, our world? We pray for peace. We hope that peace will reign. We pray for love, and we hope that love will win out over hate. And we pray for each other because we love and care for one another, stranger and friend alike. So I want to wish you, my friends, a happy 2024. And may God continue to bless all of us. Not only that, may we also plumb the depths 
of a life with him and a life with one another. Amen.